0: Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots,
1: you came to the right place. Have a nice day.
2: I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker.
1: You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just
3: like, uh, your opinion, man.
1: Oh, idiot! Game over, man!
3: Hey, hey, careful. Roll. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange.
1: What's the matter with
3: you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot.
1: I was going to spend the night Suddenly, the Boisie, but this is holding my
3: interest.
2: <laughs> Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. In case you haven't noticed yet, which seems nearly impossible, but I suppose there's still a chance. Uh, we're complete geeks. Yep, we've talked Star Wars, Star Trek, Rush, and Battlestar Galactica, sometimes in the same episode, ad nauseum. So we're feeling pretty good about our geek bona fides. This, however, could be the geekiest episode we've ever done because we're going all tail of the tape and talking about who's the better captain, William Adama or Jean Luc Picard, in this episode 29, which we're calling Who's Your Captain? My name is Todd, and with me as always is the man who once sang the ballad of Bilbo Baggins at a talent show while cosplaying Leonard Nimoy, who is cosplaying Bilbo Baggins, who is cosplaying Bilbo Baggins. How'd he you is know? The, I, well, I, I saw the tape. <laughs> he is the edge to my Randy Orton. He is the PG-13 rated podcast superstar. I give you the man they call Tim. My brother Todd, how we doing? We're doing all right. As a matter of fact, though, we uh, we have company, so please behave yourself. I Joining will. us this episode, the first... Three time, three time, (laughs) three time, returning guest to Free Range EDC is one of the co-hosts of Scruffy Looking Podcasters, a stuck-up, half-witted Star Wars podcast that we highly suggest you subscribe to immediately after you subscribe to our podcast. I suppose, since this is uh, rated RKO week, that that makes him the leader of the crew. So, welcome back thrice, (laughs) Mr. Jimmy Dice.
3: Sure. Hey. Hey, (laughs) gentlemen. How are we doing today? That is quite the intro. Introduction. (laughs) He, he I, weaves he weaves a tail, don't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. He weaves it's, a fine tail. It's,
2: <laughs> the, it's the only thing I'm good at is just jabbering inanities. So, you know, I, I like to work it for all I can. And the, then the show goes downhill immediately.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
2: oh. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you both here. Uh, well, Tim, actually, it's, you know, the same 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 stuff, different week. Sort I was like going to say,
0: you're giving me <laughs> extra honors
2: than I normally get.
0: You know, well, I mean, geez.
2: Let me take those back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, extend them to Jim. <laughs> I'm going to need them for something else. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, good to have, it's good to have Jimmy Dice with us here, and yes. uh, who, who told us before that as much as he is a Star Wars fan and loves Star Wars, very much a Trekkie as well.
3: Oh, big time.
2: And also very into the Star Trek The Next Generation. So we're really relying on him to kind of guide us through this one because, I mean, we're, Tim and I are old and our memories <laughs> are shot. I used to remember things now I remember things partially (laughs) (laughs) well you're better off than me because most of the time I'm like was I supposed to do something what day is this last week Uh, so yeah this will this will be interesting but before we get all that going. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at free range Idiocy. We're also on YouTube. Search free range adc you'll find entire episodes there if you prefer to get your podcast video like. You can do that. You can subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes and Spotify. You go to freerangeidc.com. There's all of our episodes, bada bing, bada boom. There it is. We're also taking questions and suggestions from the listening audience. You can email those to Tim at free range idiocy and he will do something with them. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what his process is, but he has a process. It involves Whatever. a
0: hat. It involves strips of paper, and it involves picking one of them out of the hat. So you know.
2: Oh, we'll, okay, we'll, you. We'll go I, all I heard was was hat, and then strips, and I started <laughs> getting very concerned. Oh god! <laughs> because damn it, we can't Aww. afford a lawsuit. Okay, we just all can't. All right. Can't, can't, can't.
0: Yeah, I know.
2: All right, so that takes care of all of that business. Uh, so I believe we're now in record time at the, the high point of the show, which is saying something because it's five minutes in and already we're going to start to descend into hell. So, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what you drinking?
3: To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
2: Let's, uh, let's go with company first. Uh, uh-huh. uh, Mr. Oh. Mr. Jimmy Dice, uh, do you have a beverage of choice this fine evening?
3: You know, I'm enjoying a nice, chilled glass of Oyster Bay Sav Blanc. Ooh. You know? Nice. You're Scott. an
2: aristocrat. A classy
3: just, fella. Uh, you know what you are? You're you're one of those little uh, fancy lads, aren't you? <laughs> Boy, you're cute. I'm okay. trying to keep it, you know, white girl wasted tonight. <laughs> it's <laughs> real.
2: Never mind, Tim. I'd, we don't have to worry about you with the, with the lawsuit, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I identified defendant number one.
3: <laughs> I feel like I just came home from my long day at IKEA. Oh
2: boy! <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get any of the meatballs? That is the weirdest freaking thing. Like you can go to IKEA and buy a bookshelf, everything else. Oh, and I got eighteen yeah, pounds worth have, of meatballs. <laughs> exactly,
3: horse meat too. I've heard is the primary ingredient. Are you serious? Mmm, there's definitely some little horsies in there.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, hey. jeez. Well, there we go.
2: <laughs> well, alrighty then. Hey, oh I got a part of a hoof. Can I get a refund? <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Gosh, that is bizarre. Uh, so, uh, Tim, what are you what are you uh, swilling down over there? Cause <laughs> well, you I, already, am, you, I saw I saw a photo from Twitter this morning of you you waiting in line at the meat market. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm figuring you had a flask with you at this point.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday I I, I got there early. Uh, went to the local uh, local meat market. To pick up some uh, meats for tomorrow for the grilling. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were I was standing in line for about, it opened at 9. I got in about 9.30. It's about 30-minute wait to get in, about 25-plus people in line when I rolled in at about 5 to 9. And I said, all right, at least it's a nice warm day, and I'm just going to chill. So, so yeah, so it's all good. But I am uh, drinking right now uh, a, a nice mixture here, a... Uh, It's an infusion of sorts, Uh, tequila with a infusion of uh, some dried fruit and spices that my wife picked up. And so I have that on ice and some mineral mineral water. And then uh, from Wisconsin, I will be switching over once I finish that over to New Glarus Brewing Company Moon Man No Coast Pale Ale. So that is courtesy of uh, my my sister in law. Heather and her friend Greg, who is uh, bootlegging some, some beer for us from Wisconsin. So thank you, my friends. <laughs> so there we go. That is what I will be enjoying this evening.
2: Oh, my gosh. Every, uh, nice. All I can think of is Coors beer and the Mississippi and Snowman and Fred. Anyways, <laughs> uh, for, as for myself, uh, I'm, I'm going a little bit more simpler than you two gentlemen, but not quite as classy. I'll be enjoying Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey on the rocks. Uh, nice. For those of you uh, who don't know, Buffalo Trace, uh, straight out of uh, Franklin County, Kentucky. Uh, and it is a 90 proof, very smooth bourbon, uh, very nice, very middle of the road. Uh, and actually, this is something I've discovered. This is my new favorite uh, summer cocktail, so you all can enjoy this as well. Mm. Wicked easy. Uh, I should have thought of this years ago. Wicked. But you get, you get like an Arnold Palmer. Or you can even use, like, the Arno, I use the Arnold Palmer mix because I'm that lazy. Because baking iced tea and lemonade, oh, jeez, just too much. I just give me the one thing and I swirl it around. <laughs> Make that. A little bourbon. Some fresh squeezed lemon. Put that on ice. Oh, it's lovely. Sure. Lovely and refreshing. And then you can't get up off the couch. So be careful just how many of these you pack away. Nice. All <laughs> right. so. Now that we've taken care of all that, I, this is, this is going to be a rather interesting episode because we started talking about this, uh, Tim and I started talking about this before we dove into our Season 4, 4.0 recap last week and kind of joking like, oh yeah, Jean-Luc Picard and Adam, and then we started realizing they kind of feel a little bit similar in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are a lot of similarities there, there's obviously some other differences, There's definitely some things that uh, Adama would do and did do that I can't imagine uh, J.L. doing.
3: (laughs) J.L. (laughs) (laughs) Crocco. Oh,
0: my gosh. When I first
3: heard that.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I had to get that one out of the way. I'm not. I'm never gonna use that again now. But I just wanted to try it out once, and I hate it. Who shot J.L. J.L. I've got that dude. I've got that song stuck in my back of my head forever now. My parents <laughs> watch that religiously every Friday damn night. <laughs> And it was, like, right after my bedtime, so I'd go upstairs, and sometimes I'd be going up the stairs, like, as that song was playing. That was, oh, like, my gosh. walk-off music. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: nice.
2: Oh. Anyways, oh, boy. how not to do a cliffhanger. Like, hey, we're going to do this, and then, oh, wait a minute, never mind that entire last season. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? Now I understand how WCW used to do all their storylines. <laughs> <laughs> tap, you man.
0: have learned the secret.
2: Hang on a minute; it all makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're gonna kind of discuss who we think. Uh, we're gonna break this down, tail the tape, boxing style. We're we we go. gonna see who we kind of each give the edge in several different categories. Uh, the categories being, uh, I feel like now I'm back I'm on, I'm on Jeopardy or something. Experience, <laughs> please, <laughs> Alex, <laughs> tell us <laughs> foods that start with Q. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> So experience, <laughs> intelligence, leadership ability, tactical acumen, judgment, supporting cast slash crew, and intangibles, or I guess that would be the potpourri category for <laughs> those of you scoring <laughs> I at I going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I can't... Actually, in that, I can, see, I can see Picard having potpourri. I cannot see Adama having potpourri in his quarters. No. Not, Not even really. a little bit. No. No. Anyways, so we're going to start off with this, and we're going to kind of run all this down. Kind of where this all started from was, uh, and of course the link between these two, because we've decided from now on that any time we venture off of Battlestar Galactica, we're going to somehow, like six degrees of separation, get ourselves back to Battlestar Galactica somehow. That's right. And and we don't have to go very far for this one because Ron Moore, who Mm -hmm. uh, was the mastermind behind the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica, was also a big part of, well, not big, I mean he started... On Star Trek: The Next Generation, what around season three? Yeah, about season said? three. Yeah, yeah, and and, and then also Deep Space Nine, right? I believe so. Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah. and and so, how would you guys? I mean, obviously, you know, we're all familiar with the work. How do you guys feel that that kind of makes this comparison similar, makes it a little bit more difficult, or do you think it's these two? characters kind of really stand out from each other because they were written by the same person and he was trying to kind of react from one to another well I think like <clears throat> you know when we talk about the shows and, and we were discussing
0: you know just how you know when you watch next generation how the first two seasons are, are a little turbulent to kind of watch because they're they're very kind of standalone episodes you could tell they were kind of going with the old Star Trek formula of just you know mm. self-contained episodes and mm-hmm. you know not really trying to tell like an overarching story and let's just pop to planet to planet to or issue to issue and kind of work our way through it and then season three comes along and and there is a def- and, and I know this because there were like starting I think it was about two years ago I started just binging on the train Netflix uh had Next Generation I was just just you know just going to town and and watching it remembering how much I, I enjoyed it yeah you because know, that, that was like college viewing for me um and so i i was going through it and um man is there such a stark turn in terms of storytelling in season three and just how the characters start to become deeper there the the storytelling becomes more serial um there are overarching plots across you know that, that start to play not just even across episodes but that even span seasons there's you know storylines with wharf that start that get paid off later on in later seasons with with mm. his whole family line and what happens with him and the klingons um you know picard and data as well there, there's just a lot of good stuff and moore was part of the writing team that that kind of brought that to life and um and i think he ended up having more and more of uh i mean correct me if i'm wrong james but i think he had more influence as the series wore on um and it had more impact
3: definitely definitely did and one thing to note is um this and this was I got this information from what we left behind the uh, official is the 20th anniversary documentary 25th anniversary documentary when DS9 end from when DS9 ended mm. um, and when Ronald Moore was Ron Moore was brought in he was introducing the more like t- overarching like subplots that just carry through multiple episodes other than like the bottled episodes like you were saying and one of the first ones that Star Trek really experimented with was Best of Both Worlds, Part 1 and 2. Like, super, super serious cliffhanger. Like, Riker's there, like, ready to fire the deflector dish at the Borg Cube, killing Captain Picard or Locutus at the time. And, like, that kind of, like, writing was very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's very um, revolutionary. It's very liberal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was it, very, it was outside just, like, of the out box. Out the box. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, every every show has its voice or its style. Even though mm-hmm. you get little variations in the episodes written by different people, you know, like the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian has a style, mm-hmm. an overarching that that this is the voice, this is the style of the show. Even though each episode would be a little bit different, and you could tell, like, oh, this was directed by written by somebody different. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Star Trek definitely had, especially like you're saying, the first two seasons of of Next Generation. It had its its style, and I think it was. I I just went back and checked, like, Star Trek original series ran three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. So, the, but they they were very much kind of in that old, like, hey, here's, here, each of these episodes that are bottled individually, and probably part of the reason why after a while you kind of run out of sp- stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. run out of, like, individual episodes and individual stories to tell. Right. And right. Next Generation was probably also banging up against that, and you know Ron Moore and and probably some other uh, writers kind of influencing that helped it carry on a little bit more than than even the original material was based on.
3: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you uh, you, you yeah. had bigger recurring villains like the Cardassians in the later in mm. the later episodes. You had the Borg and a few of them. Yep. Q Q would come here and there, and really like Ron Moore had that, and he really really sort of showed that was DS Nine the lat the latter seasons with the Dominion, the Dominion War, and and all of these episodes for like the last two seasons of DS9 basically all tied together and yeah. from that he just launched right into Battlestar Galactica it was like man we're going to go nuts here and go super deep completely yeah. unhinged unchained and we get Adama which basically is hardcore Picard if if you know Picard were to be written the way that Adama was written by Ron Moore
2: yeah, yeah. And I think it's actually a little bit interesting now that we've had the Picard series because, looking at Picard in Picard, uh, which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I'm not using the initials. Please Show allow myself
0: know. to introduce myself.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you can almost see a little bit of an uh, of an influence of Adama on like late in life Picard, and and granted, it's also like, hey, this dude is you know is is older and and obviously sometimes as we get older we give less of a rip <laughs> about things as we get mm-hmm. older so mm-hmm. you know picard is definitely a little bit m- less stayed than he was as captain of the enterprise but yeah i i don't know i kind of feel like there is a little bit of that influence that you know it 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 kind of brings picard it, towards adama a little bit more mm, i can see maybe that. it's just me i don't know but that's that's what i, I mean I,
0: and and i think with with you know, more being an influence on, you know, with both characters, I, I do feel like he brought a depth to both of them. I, I've, you know, I, I really thought it was brilliant with Picard that they, they, there was that thread with, with Picard and Data that they continued to, to kind of pull that that's, that's really been there from, um, really? I'm trying to think if it, if it was season three, when they, when they had the episode where Picard, you know, argued on behalf of Data, you know, as, as far as him being, you know, kind of experimented with and tested on or whatever like like kind of the the rights of androids
3: yeah yeah, and, that was the measure of a man yeah measure of a man
0: and i don't remember if that if that was two or three because i seem to remember it, it might have fallen into that that time I, frame somewhere in
1: there
3: that was episode episode oh season two that was season two it was, was, season pretty, two. It was okay. pretty early on and that guy in there commander um what's his name the guy he's the same character that was used who was killed off spoiler in alert, Picard. Right. In Picard. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. name. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah. Oh. season two.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. yep. I can't remember him either, <laughs> but well, no, but, but,
0: but there, there's that point and that didn't start with more, but, but it was a, a thread that was continually kind of referenced throughout the series and then into the movies about, you know, just, you know, data and Picard's relationship. And then I, I just thought it was kind of a neat way to pull mm-hmm. that in into Picard as well. um, as kind of both the starting point and, you know, kind of the ending point of that first season. Um, so, so, I mean, I think, you know, more, more brings a depth to these characters and, and from that depth and and the relationships they have and just, you know, the, you know, again, what made BSG great was the relationships that it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was definitely a space, you know, sci-fi show, but it was steeped in the relationships of all these characters. And I think that's one of the reasons why it, it, it resonated with the fan base the way that it did much as you know star trek did toward the end i mean i thought star trek the sorry the next generation um their series finale was was a real you know was it was really well done mainly because you kind of felt what you felt because of the characters you know and, and mm. just the depth that was there you know uh, w- without that depth that ending doesn't play the same it feels very hollow but there there was just you know that writing and so for both adam and picard i think more brings you know, just that depth of of character, of morality, of, um, and and challenging it, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not that they're always, I mean, Picard probably, you know, you could say, and it could be because of the time the show was in and whatnot, he had a little bit more of a straightforward morality and thought process with things, but, and definitely with Adama, you know, more kind of went, went in different directions with that, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that Adama was, was less moral, but he was in a different situation and it was just, you know, putting him in that lens and kind of challenging, you know, how would he be, you know, just as we talked about a couple episodes ago with Razor, you know, like how would Adama really have been if he didn't have Rosalyn there, you know, and and what would he have, would he have ended up, you know, that, that whole exchange between he, he and Lee at the end of the, of that episode about how he could have very easily been like that captain, you know, and that sort of thing. So it's just interesting.
3: Speaking of Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica, Ensign mm-hmm. Ro Laren, aka Emerald Kane.
2: Yes. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Look at the, you know what? That's it. You get double your pay for this episode. <laughs> I <mean>. ah, woo-hoo! <laughs>
3: <laughs> and she still gets to play this super badass female character, slightly evil, and I love it. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah.
3: I, I love I, I, um I loved how um you know you see you see picard and all of uh, and his first officer and all their you know the the staff officers and everything else they go through their other their problems their challenge and they solve it and everybody's all happy in the end like there's no real and this is a thing that i think is underlying and we see a lot more of it in picard is that they don't really address the mental impacts or the mental health i feel like of our characters on star trek yeah, get a little yeah. on, on Star Trek Next Generation. You get a little bit of that after um, the best of both worlds episode, where he's back home with his brother on the vineyard and stuff like that. That oh, weird yeah. little one off episode where he's mm-hmm. feeling ashamed of himself, you know what I mean? Because he caused so much death, so he's guilty about it, but it's not his fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you see in Battlestar in Galactica crying out loud, like that occupies half of the series. Yeah, is uh, you know how 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 they're feeling on any given day, which is realistic. Like these are how people act, and this is how they react, and this is how they you know deal with these situations. And it's cool that Ron is Ron Moore is able to like really capture that and really express that there, and you can see it in yeah. in you know Adama's like stoicism and stuff. Well, yeah. and
0: and and like that episode you mentioned with with Picard. Where you know he, he, I think he gets into like a, a fight with his brother in, in the mud or something, and the mm. way he just breaks down, you know, yep. when when he's talking with his brother about just what is, you know, truly bothering him, and then we just last week when we were talking about season four, just that breakdown of Adama when he finds out that Ty is is a Cylon, and and just oh, that man. spiral he goes into, and and that that image of Lee trying to like pick him up and he can't, and he's just you know just this mess of a man. Yeah. Um, Ron Moore it knows how to break him down. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. Yep. He knows how to make it real. You know, uh, yeah, it absolutely. And and yeah. absolutely.
2: I think a lot of that comes out of the fact that Star Trek w- was always out of that Gene Roddenberry utopian idealized future. Like mm-hmm. It was a very hopeful future of, hey, eventually we're all going to figure out how to get along and then everything will be great and there won't be any money there won't be any politics and this and that and the other and 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 we'll be exploring space and everything will be external coming towards you know humanity kind of thing but we'll all be united and even in next generation and even as they kind of got deeper into that i think they but they still had to honor that idea of we're not going to get deep into like how messed up people are because it's still Mm. almost like what we talked about with the mandalorian it's a kid show it's a kid show well well, but it was like George Lucas's thing with Star Wars—like always give them hope, always have—and and Battlestar Galactica was not interested in giving you any hope. Oh and, gosh, <laughs> no! Not, <I laughs> mean, oh no! Maybe <laughs> as a maybe as a happy accident, that's what would come out of it. But oh it was—it was, was not—it was not like, hey, we're gonna be hopeful. It's like, nope. Guess what? Everybody guilty and everybody gonna die, sort of thing. So yeah. it was—it mm-hmm. was a rougher view, and but ultimately maybe a truer view of of humanity and and who we are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I actually read, uh, not read, sorry, I watched uh, uh, Edward James almost gave an interview. It was on YouTube um, where he uh, he was just talking about how he has, re- you know, he received some compliments from those who have served in the military because there were aspects. I think it was with season four, maybe not specifically this thing with Ty, but just th- there's there's an element of him kind of going into a breakdown and then kind of mm-hmm. coming out of it. And just, you know, saying that he got a lot of compliments of, you know, that's what th- some of these commanders go through. You know, like with with a lot of the trauma of what they're dealing with day to day and and, you know, know, just just the action that they see and stuff like that. They go through those things and and they were really, you know, he just said, I I got some compliments on how I kind of portrayed that because it's actually somewhat realistic in terms of Mm -hmm. what they go Mm -hmm. through. And I I just found that really interesting that, Hmm. you know, you you don't. And we talked about this with the episode last last week that, you know, one of the things that kind of came out was. You know, there, there's that scene where one of the sixes kills one of the, the Galactica um, soldiers because of something that they did on, on Caprica back in season one. And you start to understand the trauma that everyone is going through, you know, and how well, no, that ha-
2: was it. It was new Caprica.
0: Oh oh, 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 sorry. It was new Caprica. Right. Yeah. Right. But but it, yeah, so she had drowned her or something like that. And in she a was sewage. treatment plant. Yeah, yeah. She was like yeah. dealing with with the the, you know, the repercussions of that, not getting past it and just. You know, so so bringing that reality out and how that muddies the waters when you get to a place of oh why can't they just form an alliance and everything will be good and it's like no there's a lot of crap they're trying to sift through right now yeah. to to get to that point you know and it's ooh, not so ooh. clean and it's not so easy where a Star Trek would I think would kind of treat that in that way.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and the other the other part that we can't ignore in this is the fact that you know, Adama is it, Adama and Picard were always in two very different situations. Uh, oh yeah adama very much aside from having pegasus there always on their own always back against the wall all by themselves no backup no relief no no uh, no cavalry coming over the hill nothing yeah, whereas yeah. picard always had the federation to fall back on there was always ships you know oh we're too far away and stuff like that but there was always someone to call at least starfleet <laughs> exactly they, they could always make an emergency call there was always help that could be gotten at some point somehow well, whereas and, Adama didn't have that at and,
0: all and and in some ways picard was was kind of reigning at a time when there was relative peace i mean most of the things mm. that he deals with are diplomatic and political in nature um yeah. you know there, there's certainly you know fighting that goes on and i mean the borg in my mind was just a brilliant brilliant villain to bring into that series because it was like nothing that series had ever seen before I mean Mm -hmm. every villain or every race they've come in contact with there's been that ability to kind of reason with or or try to you know kind of bring into the fold of what Starfleet is and you just have this 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 collective that just steamrolls over everything Mm. you know I mean it's just like what the heck are they gonna do (laughs) you know it's like it was just so unlike anything you had ever seen in in that universe and so I think that's the other part is Adama is is in a lot of ways, you know, fighting for his life and, and the life of the fleet. Whereas Picard mm. is kind of existing within an, an exploratory kind of existence of, of politics and diplomacy.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I feel like Adama's is looking to save his fleet and like the small number of people that he has. Whereas Picard's mm. goal yeah. is to save humanity. Yeah you know yeah. what i mean like yep. he's looking more existentially at everything where adama is just like i'm trying to save humanity like whatever group that we have here mm-hmm. it's much yeah. more like um like primal you know what i mean like you yeah. just, mm-hmm. you're you're lashing out at someone who's trying to attack you you need something you take it like right. do what you have to do to survive you know mistakes are going to get made but whatever happens you got to stay strong and just keep keep going forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was actually part of the brilliance of bringing in someone like Admiral Kane because if you thought if you thought Adamo was harsh.
3: <laughs> Seriously.
2: Hold hold my hold my ambrosia and yeah. watch watch yeah, this person ambrosia. over here. Yeah. You know. I'm all right. Like, so, anyways, uh, let's let's dive into this because I I've, I feel like we've we've now given enough background and, and we've kind of fleshed this out a little bit. So uh, let's dive right in with with category one. Uh, this is or category or whatever you want to call it. Point one. Uh, ex- <laughs> We're going to talk about. Experience. Shut up, Wesley. Ex- yeah. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. That's the one thing that's missing on Battlestar. Actually, Adama just yelled at everybody at at one point or another. He yelled at everybody. Oh yeah. Which was. He didn't oh have the gosh. whipping boy, Wesley there. Like <laughs> Shut up in your grey sweater. You know, whatever whatever that thing was they stuck him in for like the first couple seasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, between that and, and Troy's like the the like maxi mini skirt thing, blue, <laughs> whatever.
3: Oh, I know. Right.
2: It's like, what what was that? And then they stuck her in, like, hey, by the way, here's something with a plunging neckline and like it's skin tight, and she's like, Oh yeah, this is better. Great thanks. <laughs> It's gonna be fine. Awesome. <laughs> All so right, you were, were not... saying experience? <laughs> yeah, experience. Sorry. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so experience. We have a. Uh, let's run down a quick little uh, little CV for both of these guys. So Adama, William Adama, decorated Viper pilot of the First Cylon War. Uh, he served as an officer on four battle stars and commanding two of them, and then he was sh- he was shot in the sh- in the chest by uh, Cylon Sharon uh, mm-hmm. Boomer, and. Uh, and, and then achieve the uh, the rank of admiral, so there we there we kind of have, and just a quick little overview of of rank and all that stuff. Uh, Picard, Jean-Luc Picard, commander of several starships, including uh, the Stargazer and the Enterprises D and E. Uh, he was stabbed in the heart, so uh, there's a little similarity. Uh, as a young man, uh, I believe recently, r- uh, relatively soon after graduating Starfleet Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. and uh, resulted in getting a, a a new a new ticker which uh, c- became a plot device at least once and uh, ultimately achieved rank of admiral before uh resigning from starfleet uh, basically over the whole romulan
3: uh thing right is that well, yeah, from they, um, from from the series yeah. yeah yeah we find out picard he wants to save um after the attack on mars that turns out the romulans turned the scents against them spoiler alert um, oh, man. Turns out that. Shut up, Wesley. Car went to Starfleet Command or Starfleet Security and said, Listen, you take my resignation or you take my ID and we go help these people. And it's like, all right, resignation done. And it was like, oh, no. Oh, shit. Yeah. So when he walked out and um, Raffi's there, it's like, JL, what's going on? JL. And, and she's drunk. like, oh, yeah, she's drunk and high. Um <laughs> Pretty much, she's like, "Oh no, they're gonna fire me too." Jail, you son of a! <laughs> so like I'm, yeah. I'm
2: just gonna toss that in, just like in a. You've obviously you're a fan of Fred Wesley, but breaking bread whenever whenever they do that one live, it's like I came home, my mama was there, and she was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Every everyone who comes across in this episode, and he was drunk. Which uh, I, in Battlestar Galactica is like 50-50, really. Oh yeah, Star Trek, any, not any, so much.
3: Any get yeah. that point, bro. yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, let's start off. Let's start off with uh, let's start with Jimmy on this one. Uh, who do you kind of give the edge in experience to? Not and we're not speaking necessarily military experience, just overall experience as a commanding officer.
3: Yeah, it's as a commanding officer, as an actual someone who. I mean, it's real tough. I see both of them there, but I think Picard edges Bill Adama in this mm-hmm. in this aspect only because. He he carries himself well with a very like like gravitas, you know what I mean? Like in any condition, he is a leader where he Mm. excuses himself from the bridge where Odamas had some meltdowns. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, I'm going crazy. Granted, (laughs) you know, if next if TNG was written by Ron Moore at the time that BSG was could have very different card. Oh, yeah, totally.
2: Uh, Tim, who do you give the edge here?
0: Well, I was, you know, I was looking at it. I was kind of thinking it's a push, but I, I, I do think I, I'm just looking up the episode, so I'm, I'm quoting this the right way. Oh gosh, I can't find it. Darmok, there we go. That's the one I was thinking of.
3: Mm. Um, Timba with arms wide.
0: That uh, with arms wide. Uh, yes, I, I, I kind of feel like Picard is the right call in this one. Um, like Jimmy was saying, I think you know I look at episodes like that where you have Picard kind of thrown into a really odd scenario of dealing with kind of an alien race that talks in metaphors mm. <laughs> and, and I don't think Bill would do well with that no oh hell no, no. he'd
3: say Damok on the ocean <laughs> and oh then Bill would be like I'm gonna roll a hard six <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damok with arms open. And then that would be that would be like in uh, Ocean's 12 where there's, they're talking and like, he starts using like, Matt He starts Damon quoting starts using cashmere. Yeah, what are you talking then, about? His daughter's 12 or something.
3: Yes. And then we basically get Adama getting pissed off and taking that little flashlight and beating in Picard's skull, <laughs> skull and like he did in a pilot episode on that refueling, rearming
0: that, station. That, that or being in the ship he just opens up the nuclear ordnance on <laughs> him. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Pretty much.
2: Get me a Raptor assault team. So, <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to give the nod to Picard on this one. All right. I'm, I'm going to go against both of you just because I feel like even though I feel Adama, I'm a big fan of learning from mistakes, probably because I make them on a fairly regular basis. So I like to justify my own existence in some small way. Uh, I, I think Adama made a, a ton of mistakes. But it was also willing to, to admit those mm. and sometimes admit them publicly, in, yeah. like very publicly. But but then it was like, all right, I've admitted it. We are now never going to speak of this again. Otherwise, I will beat you to death with a flashlight. <laughs> you know I will. I've, I've got the blood-covered one in my quarters. Uh, but I feel like that kind of – that counts for something. And I know that Picard made mistakes as well. But mm-hmm. I just feel like that's something – Something I I look for in in a leader is someone who's willing to say, you know what, I messed that up. All right, let's move on. All right, even just that admission to me is worth a lot. So I'm going to give Adama the the edge in this one.
3: That's, not, right. that's I I take that I take
2: that. All right, so let's let's move on to
0: uh. I to mean it's, category. it's 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 a close one. A lot of these are going to oh, be yeah. close. A lot yeah. of them are going to be close because yeah, as, as well we've already said why. But good.
2: Well, I mean we, we, me and Tim at least. I mean. Battlestar Galactica is, is, like, running in our blood, essentially. Uh-huh. And, but then also, Next Generation is, like, childhood memory kind of sort of thing. It's like, that's, mm. that goes back a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there's a lot, of a, a lot of emotion tied up in this one. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let's move on to intelligence. So we, uh, with Adama, uh, right now we've got uh, Likes to Read, a maintainer and destroyer of model ships, uh, somewhat impulsive toward military resolution to problems, uh, Picard, a love of archaeologists. I th- I think in the, the the Wikipedia article it it has him as a renowned archaeologist. I, d- I think they might have been fluffing that part of the resume a little bit. Uh, loves detective stories, of course. I mean, that was like
0: I think we had like three holodeck episodes where he uh, dons the oh, fedora at, and oh at, God, least, <laughs> at least at <laughs> least
3: three musketeers.
2: Good lord! I mean, what was what was the what was the the detective's name? It was something. I mean, it was so cheesy, and it was supposed oh, to be. Oh,
0: I gotta look that up. Uh, yeah, I I will find it. Go, go ahead, keep going. I don't want to. All
2: right, and uh, and is also a is also a strategist, which I mean you could say for Adama as well, but uh, definitely a, a well-read gentleman uh, in 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 terms of the breadth of his knowledge. Very classically, you get the feeling that Jean-Luc was classically educated to the max.
3: Oh, JL, big time. <laughs>
2: You're just gonna do that to tick me off. I can't. That was the one thing that pissed me off about that show repeatedly is just Raffy over and over. JL. I'm like, would you shut up? It's Jean Luc.
3: I know. He's, I know. It's it's weird to see it. somebody have such a connection to Jean Luc that you know, don't we, you don't even know exactly. We don't even yeah. know. We just got introduced to this young person, this young whippersnapper snapper, which we've seen Riker and Troy with Picard for the last 30 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our own personal experiences with them and through reruns and tv and everything else
2: well then again how old is how old is uh raffi's character supposed to be
3: i don't know i feel like late 30s you know like they seem like Real? young like young but like young adults i don't know what do you think super young
2: i well no uh so raffi i'm i i pictured I her good. as like being actually almost a little bit older than than riker or well, may, maybe not. I don't know. I would put yeah. her younger than Riker. I,
0: I kind of feel like yeah. when he when he gave his resignation, she was probably where Jimmy described in her late 30s, maybe hitting 40. And then I'm thinking this was yeah. like what 10 years later, so maybe yeah. she's 50ish or something.
3: True. Okay, yeah.
2: that's where I was goofing up. I was I forgot that time <laughs> jump. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Maybe, th- maybe it's just the fact that they, you know, that she came into his life later and he was a little bit, you know, guard down a little bit more that she that she that he allows her to have that kind of like relationship, whereas mm. probably would never do that with anyone yeah. who he's on the Enterprise with, at least not at the time. You know, right, 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 right. right. Like even Riker, I imagine, call him JL. He'd be like, shut hey, up, I'm, Wesley. I'm going to put you out in adlock <laughs> Jean- Oh, wait, sorry. Wait, wrong wait, wait,
0: that's Rosalind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm easily confused. And the detective's name is a Dixon Hill. Oh, uh, my. Yeah, God! Yeah, because kept on
2: referring to him as Dix. Ruby. That's right. Oh, jeez. You're like an encyclopedia. My gosh, how much information do you keep in your head, sir? Like, I thought Tim was remarkable for all the wrestling stuff. Like, you've got Star Wars and Star Trek in there.
3: Well, Tim came in with the Dixon Hill. I totally forgot about the Dixon Hill thing.
2: And, and, and I Wikipedia that, so I'm not going to claim that's from memory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> never mind the aura is gone ah yes all right so so uh gentlemen who do you think is smatter? who's 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 smart and who's wicked smart (laughs) jimmy dice you go first
3: uh i would say i mean i think they're they're pretty even in, in that regard i mean you have some real deep obviously picard is well known for his shakespearean deep cut deep thought Hmm. but uh, there's this quote from Adama that I wrote down in preparation for this was uh, when you're in the cockpit you're in control it's hard to give it up all you can do now is wait and hope you didn't make any mistakes welcome to the big leagues some passing on knowledge to Lee Adama when Lee was injured or something like that committing the flight oh no no, it was was Kara Thrace it was was Starbuck yeah yeah yeah. because she had hurt her leg or something like that after season one episode like four or five or something like that one of my favorite episodes actually yeah, they raided that the that one Cylon where... colony to get the fuel and stuff.
2: Yeah, and Lee had to basically be Starbuck. I, oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
3: I thought that was fantastic. That was great. But seeing Adama in that sort of mentor role, like he has been for Data and others as well, was really cool. Um, mm. So a lot of comparisons there. I think experience-wise, or excuse me, intelligence-wise, I would have to say, I would have to say Picard because I would see Picard leading from the point of, of historical fact and precedent, and, like, this happened before, therefore this has already happened. This will happen before and it will happen again, right? But um, <laughs> so I, see, I see... Can
2: we get, like, a deep fake of, of, of Picard saying that? There's got to be a way to work that.
3: I know, right? I, I'd like to see... Um, well, what I see is that Adama leads more from the heart. So he'll, he'll use his passion for what is right and wrong to judge his actions, where Picard, also guided by right and wrong, will use like his facts and history.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
3: The philosophical stuff that Picard will get into because he mm-hmm. looks in big pictures like, we do this today, and then what are the impacts 10, 20 years from now, the next generation, the next person who comes by?
2: Yeah, yeah. Right on. So,
0: Tim, who you got? Uh, I'm going to give the nod to Picard on this one. Um, I think, yeah, from from a, and, and again, it kind of goes to the nature of his character. I think part of it could be just being influenced by the fact that he's, you know, as we talked about, he, he exists in a time when it's more about, you know, politics and diplomacy. He, he just seems to have the intellect to kind of pull that off. And, and there, there's a lot of great episodes in, in TNG where, where you see him kind of exercise that to, to not only solve issues, but but, you know, kind of work his way through some. Some some dicey relationships that that could turn into you know actual you know war and that sort of thing and so to to kind of put him and Adama side by side like that I I, I give the edge to Picard on that one not that Adama doesn't have it but I just feel like Picard just kind of exercises it mm, um, a heard. bit a bit better um, and 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 um, and just you know just again it's it's you know it's one of those things we talked about kind of the environment of both of them I mean if Adama was in Picard's environment would he be the same kind of leader uh you know would he lead with the same kind of intelligence or not and you know i i I just think picard just has has the edge on him there
2: fair enough i was about ready to put this at a push however you two gentlemen have swung me over to your side of the fence i'm going to go with picard as well uh however i i'm using uh i'm using tim's reasoning here to to do it because my heart wants to say adama but um, or, or at the very least, even say push, because I I feel Adama, very much I- I in the Federation world, would have we would have seen a lot more of intellect, but in terms of being on the run and 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 in that you know, fight and survive and scrap sort of mode, uh, that ba- Battlestar Galactica takes place in, we get real more we get a lot more of experiential intelligence. We don't yeah. get to see a lot of that you know highbrow philosophical sort of stuff you have time for when you know you don't have a bunch of machines hunting you every second of your life Mm -hmm. you know you only have to deal with the borg every few episodes because they're sort of like the andre the giant of the of the world you can't bring them out every episode because after (laughs) a while you're like okay the federation just be a grease stain it's not realistic yeah so i'm gonna go with the card as well as as much as it kind of pains me a little bit i feel (laughs) like i'm i feel like i'm betraying like i do i feel like i'm I feel I feel like I'm having an affair or something. It's. Like, I mean, really,
3: like watching on TV. I love watching Adama more. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Adama's awesome. Plus, the uniforms are way better.
2: <laughs> well, that is the other Picard maneuver, like that little that little tuck, or no, the little straightening the uniform, like every
3: <laughs> single freaking Oh yeah, because yeah, those never those never fit right. Those and you know what? Never fit. So that's that why. We, that's
2: yeah. why Ron Moore was like, we aren't having Adama sit. Ever in the CIC, he's always standing so that he never has to straighten the uniform. I'm just sick of, <laughs> sick of seeing that every damn five minutes. I'm convinced that's the reason why Adama is always standing. That's just that's just my theory, though. I haven't heard it from anyone else. So next category, uh, leadership ability. So uh, really, Adama, I mean, uh, I would I would say savvy is is the one word description I would give for his leadership ability. He's a very savvy leader. Uh, I would imagine I would not want to sit across a poker table from him
3: mm.
2: because he would get me every damn time. Uh, Picard seeks diplomatic solutions first, always. Uh, there, he is not a ready-fire-aim sort of guy. I, I, I would throw one other thing in for
0: Adama. Adama, his leadership ability is, is really based around survival.
1: Mm. Mm. You know, and, and I
0: think that sets him apart from Picard because Picard isn't leading based on trying to survive. He's leading based on... You know, just kind of directive from above. You know, w- from what Starfleet would have him do. Adama, his 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 mission is self imposed, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah. At least or I shouldn't say self imposed. Cylon imposed. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: at least in the in the in the the major chunk of his history that we get to see now. I mean, you see like prior. You saw the flashbacks to when he was uh what was it? Battlestar Atlantia, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, that he was Hold commanding. Yeah, and so you you kind of get a little bit of a glimpse there, but not enough to really judge. I mean, and you, and I will say actually going back to the intelligence thing, we do actually get a little bit of the highbrow intellectualism in the miniseries when you get that that uh, the speech that he does at the at the commissioning of the museum, decommissioning of the Galactica thing, uh, where he basically does the you know do, did we deserve to survive sort of thing, and he sits back right, down and. Right. Ties like you are one surprising son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: <Yep>. <laughs> Which
2: one of my favorite moments. It kind of really describes their entire relationship, honestly. Yeah, Pretty much. Like I've I've known you this many years and I didn't see that coming. I know, um, right. I love it. But but I think that I think there is a yeah, I would I would agree with that. That it does come out of survival and I think he is at heart a survivor. Um and just in the things that he's gone through. Um but I I I don't I mean yeah, it is. It is tough to guess because I guess I'm trying to fill out a, a fill out a history that I really don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to defend Adama, damn it, and I I shouldn't have to because, damn it, Eddie almost does just fine by himself. <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy, who you got in this one?
3: I gotta go. Leadership ability. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Adama on this one, only because right on. like, in the heat of battle. Like, the Battle of New Caprica, or uh, the final battle in the final episode of the series. Just wherever he is, like, he is steadfast, he is there. And Picard is as well. I'm not saying that Picard, by any means, is a coward, I dare say, or anything like that, by no means. But I think Adama has that presence a lot more. Like, people know he's right there, like, taking the blows with them, you know what I mean? Like... I think his empathy is huge, and people see that.
2: Right on,
0: Tim. Who you got? Uh, I think in this category, I'm I'm going to go with Adama as well. Um, what's kind of putting him over the edge, uh, rather than Picard, to me is is you know just as I said the the the, the environment he has to function in. I I think draws out the leadership. Um, a lot more than, than what you typically see and in, in what Star Trek deals with. So, you know, whether you're dealing with, you know, jumping every, you know, thir- what was it, 31 minutes? Uh, 33. 33 minutes. Um, dealing with all of that and, you know, leading a fleet and keeping it going and, de- and dealing with the heartbreak that we just talked about mm-hmm. after the first half of season four and continuing on, um, I, I just think that puts him – a bit above, I, I think, the environment that he's functioning in kind of, kind of gives, gives me reason to give him the edge over Picard.
2: Right on. Mm. I, right. I'm going to make this a clean sweep for Adama. Uh, I, I agree with all of your points, and really it falls more into line of how I look at leaders that I want to follow, and, and I think Jimmy nailed this one, is that he, he is right there with you. He is willing to, to – he is not going to ask you to do anything that he himself would not do were he able to. I think that he he is that kind of a leader that you would you would crawl over glass for this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because he, does, he he is right there with you and he will back you. Um, and even if and even when he's harsh, even when he is hard on you, it's because those standards he has, he would be trying to meet them as well. That's just that's just my reasoning on this one.
0: Would you say though Picard has the same characteristic but we don't see it as much?
2: Yes, I think he I think he does, obviously because there is a there is a you can tell by the loyalty sure of sure. of 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 crew members and things like that. And of course, I think you're going to see that a lot more in a combat survival situation. Yes. That's going to be it's yeah. going to be distilled, if you will. Yeah, yeah, from and what you see in a peacetime situation. Yeah, yeah I I agree. You,
0: I yeah, and, and and it's not in any way to defend Picard, but I do think it's interesting that I think for Picard I the way he, you basically, the way you both described your positions, I think is applicable to Picard, but we don't see it play out. You know what I yeah. mean like like I think the nature of the character is there. it just doesn't materialize the same way, and I think it's just more pronounced with odama that than it is with Picard
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: kind of in the same way we 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 talked about intelligence, where yeah, you know it's the same sort of thing, you just don't get to see that side of the character because of the universe that they're existing in
0: right adama ain't stupid you know <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, no it's it, no. That, that ain't got nothing to do with it it's just a different a different you don't feel get
2: to, you don't get to be commanding a battle star if you're stupid unless like two other people have been killed and then you just put some guy from the engine room in charge and hope for the best Whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa. easy on kevin McAllister's dad <laughs> easy
2: thank you sir thank you Glad I could set that one up for you. Oh,
3: good stuff. But I mean, it really,
2: how reliable is that guy? He's like, dude, he left a, he left like an eight-year-old at home. Took the rest of the family. He, you know, then he's he's screwing up a battle star. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that he de- he gets everything he deserves.
0: It's kind of both ends of the extreme. You, you're not managing your family, and then you're over
2: managing the battleship you're in charge of. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: That is true. That is very true. Well, maybe he learned from that mistake. Like, I'm, on, I'm I'm not letting one person out of my sight for the forever now. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next category, which is tactical acumen, which I'm just proud of the fact that I strung those two words together today and I'm Gorilla Monsoon, soon, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Would <What'd> you stop? <laughs> Alright. So the obvious one here, they both have a maneuver named after them, which I mean it is badass. You,
1: <laughs> that is.
2: I, I only hope that someone that I would be able to do something that is named after me that doesn't involve something horrifically stupid that results in my demise. That's, I'm hoping it's something good that gets named after me, although the odds are against it. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have the Adama Maneuver, which, good Lord, if you've never seen this, just pause right now. Go Google that. It is one of the most badass things you'll ever see. Watch it and be in awe. A battle star. <laughs> Jumping into the atmosphere and then dropping like a brick. <laughs> and launching vipers on purpose and then disappearing like right before it hits the ground. Good God. The card maneuver, while cool in its time, significantly less badass, but still really cool. So, mm-hmm. gentlemen, tactical acumen. Of course, there's other examples of that, but, you know, just as a kind of set in the bar... Who do you get the the edge to here, Jimmy?
3: I got to go with Dama only because of that scene on New Caprica. I mean, like you said, that is the most iconic scene I've ever seen. That doesn't make make any sense, but in Battlestar Galactica, because you have Commander Adama at the time, Admiral Adama, willing to put his entire crew's lives at risk, like mm-hmm. basically the fate of the entire mission. And success of rescuing all the people in New Caprica depends on them jumping into atmosphere, dropping all these birds, and then jumping out of in out of atmosphere. All mm. in this all in the course of less than sixty seconds. And like the that ship's already an old old bird, you know what I'm saying? The bucket. Um, the vault yeah, old bucket. So I'm surprised the ship lived through that and the pounding mm-hmm. that it took immediately afterwards. So I yeah. think, I think, Ob- uh, Adama, Adama's got the balls here.
2: Yeah. Well, and don't forget the fact that the setup for that, the Raptors, <laughs> the raptor squadrons, who that's, that's who, where I was going to go. Decoys, go ahead. Go ahead. That, I mean, damn, like that's just some brilliant stuff, like completely outflanked them. Like w- playing like the shell game of like, where's the battle star? Where's the battle star? Oh, I'm sorry. You guessed wrong. You die.
3: I know. Right. It's damn. Mm hmm.
2: All right, so Tim, who you got? Uh,
0: I'm going the same, Adama. Uh, so, you know, basically same reason. I that that, that stands as, as one of the just best sort of battle maneuvers that that you see in a sci-fi show. Um, just completely. I mean, again, go back to the first time I saw it, and I'm just like, oh, oh didn't see that in Star Wars. Didn't see that in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, no. B, BSG has has him knocked on on that one, and. And and you know, and then you hit the nail on the head, Todd. I mean, it was the setup to it, it was the execution of it, it was it was what happened after the fact. Um, you know, Adama just has and, and it goes back to the leadership thing. I mean, he, he just he rolls the hard six and, and he and he and he just goes. And you know, that that was just such a just an awesome way to to basically provide a way for the the you know, the, the members of the fleet, members of, of, of th- that community to get out of there. Um, and, and just, it was very unconventional and just looked just awesome. And, you know, the Picard maneuver was cool, but, but again, I, I think it goes back to environment. I don't think you see Jean-Luc Picard having to execute that kind of tactical thinking, you know, in, in, right. in a real way in Star Trek, because a lot of it isn't really battle-based. It's a lot of, yeah. You know diplomacy and politics and and there there certainly is those moments but i i just don't think for that character you see him exercise it as much and it's not really in his character to, to do that a lot so yeah I, right. I i get i give the edge to adama
2: on that totally agree and and i'm gonna again a clean sweep for for bill adama i'm gonna do that one and i'll actually go a little bit outside the adama maneuver which as badass as it is it's not the only example i mean in the miniseries, you have them coming out of ragnar station and using the bat using the Galactica as basically a blocker for the rest of the fleet, so oh they yeah. can get out. Yep. Just the fact that he knows if he seems to know his ship and his crew so well to know how to go right up to the edge of what is feasible and what is possible with them Mm -hmm. and that's that's always someone who's going to be tactically ahead is if you feel like all right i i i know we can do this much i know we can take this i know we can do this and some of it i know is wishful thinking (laughs) because like because like jimmy pointed out like that ship was old before the series even started like that that ship was being retired for and for a good reason (laughs) um and and but but the fact that he was able to do that, and then of course you know the end of season four, the, the season the series finale, the plan you know the plan to to rescue Hera and all. I mean, good lord, it's just it's just a, a person who is willing to be unconventional, but yet even when he is conventional, he's doing it in such an audacious way. And again, it's you know survival and necessity. But man, he he just seemed to get so much. Out of so little yeah. <laughs> of yeah. what he has, you know, it's amazing. So yeah, clean sweep for Billadama and tactical acumen. Next, we come up with judgment, which is this going to be a lot less uh, measurables here. <laughs> and and there's not. I mean, I mean, I don't know what to really list in terms of like credentials for either one of these guys because every situation kind of pulls into question either's judgment. So I'll, I'll put this one right out to you guys. Like, what are some of the criteria that would you would use to judge this? And then who do you give the edge to? Um, you know, I, I'll go back to when we talked
0: about experience. And I, I don't mean to recycle the same episode again, but I do think – I'll call it the Darmok litmus test, all right? <laughs> um, what what was – and I don't know, Jimmy, if you agree with this or not, but I, I really feel like that episode, and one of the reasons that episode is such a loved episode is – it really draws out the, 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 the nature of Picard, you know, it it, it really puts a, puts it under a microscope and you see the empathy, you see the, the, the willingness to understand, the willing to try to connect the dots rather than get frustrated or rather than be reactionary and and not want to give it the time. I I, I really feel like that kind of exemplifies the character. Um, There's other situations Picard is in where, um, I, I feel like in in a lot of ways he has an edge over Adama in terms of judgment. So for me, I, I'm going to kind of go Picard on this one because I think he has an edge that way. Um, mm. Don't mean to make it solely on the Darmok thing, but I, I think it just kind of draws out you know the character um, and and really you know really puts it under a microscope and shows what he is.
3: Yeah, right on. I I agree. I'm going to give this one to Picard as well. Um, and just to build off your. Your Darmok analogy—I mean, that episode was the quintessential Star Trek episode. You had a simple problem, simple challenge, and the way that Picard went through it—you just—you saw the the process in which the, he arrived to his conclusion. How he started to understand, how they realized they were all speaking in metaphor, mm-hmm. and that logical progression, that step-by-step training that he's had throughout his career as a Starfleet officer. I think gives him that higher level of task management that's necessary for his success, especially in Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get to give this one. I got to give this one to Picard. I think Adama is too nece- uh, He may be too uh, knee jerk reaction um, with his son and his family, like when they were searching mm-hmm. for Starbuck on that episode right before the one we were talking about. Um, when Starbuck was lost on that planet, trying to fix that down Cylon Raider, mm. Lee said, what if it was me out there? And Adama mm. says, we would never leave. Yeah. And right. this is when they were running like desperately low on fuel and stuff like that. And Ross is <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? You got to get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Yep. So you see that judgment level, like Picard would have separated it. You know what I mean? Picard yes. would have made the hard choice. Adama is like, no, this is my family. After just finding out that, you know, careth race was the uh, d- indirectly or indirectly caused the death of adama's other son yeah
0: yeah yeah and and, now, and that's you... and, and that's a really good point you bring up with adama because that happens throughout this throughout the series um i think even yeah. in season four they go through something where um when he gives um you know starbuck the ship to to try to find whatever she's looking for to to get them on track back to earth and and you have a lot of the not a lot of the crew, but I mean, ma- mainly embodied in Felix Gaeta questioning, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you waiting? Why are you? You know, it's just like there, there's clearly an, an imbalance going on that if it were anyone else, he wouldn't give them that leash, you know. And
1: yeah, um, totally.
0: And and so I, I totally agree. with you. I think the relationships with with Adama really kind of swing his judgment and, and put him kind of almost in, in a. I don't want to say a weak state, but it's just he, hes not—he's not making the judgment with a level head.
1: hmm
2: Fair enough. I am going to go with Picard as well. However, we're not doing uh, asterisk or qualifications on this per se. But I just want to note for the record, in case Eddie almost is listening to this, uh, <laughs> that I feel because I—you know what—I—I think I could take Patrick Stewart. I know Eddie would just. Beat the hell out of me. I'm I'm just going on. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking he's channeling a Bill Adama too much, but I don't know. I think I could take Sir Patrick, uh, Mister Almost. I don't know. I, I think he I think he might take me. Uh, but anyways. So I think it has a lot to do with the universes that they're set in. I I think that Picard definitely gets the edge here because we saw him make fewer mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also because of the idealized world that he's inhabiting and the and the time period in which he was written, mm-hmm. and that universe that he was written in. I think in Picard, you see a few more judgmental errors there. Still, not I mean, not even close to what you see in Battlestar Galactica. I mean, Bill Adama is a flawed person, and he's a flawed character, and he is, you know, just in all manner. I mean, Edward James almost would always be saying, like, don't make me look too good, and the, and the lighting and stuff. Like, he wanted it to look like, you know, this beaten down kind of older guy Mm. so that he wasn't like this shiny, you know, the same as the ship. Like, the ship isn't shiny, and the captain of the ship isn't shiny. His buttons Um, aren't
3: shiny either. You notice, like, on the younger officers, their buttons are all polished and everything else, where the buttons on Adama's uniform are all, like, worn. Well, yeah, and that would make sense. I mean...
2: Actually, I hadn't noticed that. Damn it. You I out- battle starred me too. I mean, you've already got me on Star Wars, Star Trek and now I have nothing. I have not Tim, meet your new co-host. Jimmy
0: Dice brings the he brings the heavy lumber.
2: You know what I mean? He ain't
0: screwing around here.
3: Hey man, when you spend hours and hours and hours watching reruns of VHS.
2: Oh my gosh ah the good old days of vhs awesome. when they did when you didn't have to watch like 12 previews and commercials before you get to the menu
3: <laughs> oh no, man you cut those in yourself record that shit off the tv good lord
2: i remember when i when i got uh i think it was batman like the 1989 michael keaton batman and it had like a coke commercial before you got into the movie and i was That's like awesome. what the crap is this yeah Yep. I was ticked off because I had to wait all of a minute and a half yeah. before I got to Batman.
3: I, I, lo- I love finding old stuff like that because he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. did that? Damn. Uh-huh.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's an interesting world. So I'll go with Picard on that. So, so Jean-Luc gets a clean sweep there. So let's now go to uh, this. And this is a category we kind of threw in at the last moment, but it makes so much sense. I'm kind of regretting the fact I didn't think of it. But I'll give credit to Tim on this one. You're welcome. Sup- supporting <laughs> cast and or crew. Uh, so obviously, in some ways, there is a bit of picking and choosing. Like, you know that the the captain is choosing uh, a first officer in some way, shape or form, and, and also has control over their crew. Mm-hmm. In other ways, though, th- some of this is not, I'm guessing 100% under their control. Uh, They've got what they've got, and and in some cases, that's just who they have, and they have to work with it. Mm -hmm. Who do you feel had the better supporting cast or crew around them, uh, which would kind of add to or subtract from what you feel of them as a leader? Jimmy Dice.
3: Me? (laughs) Ugh. Damn it, dude! You, d- I was you just doing- like
2: you just like trashed me on all of my knowledge there a minute ago. I was I thought I was gonna set you up for another easy one. I'm sorry.
3: I know, right? No, no. I would say, if I had to choose between the two, I mean, I think Picard had a better supporting cast. One, William T. Riker. Two, he had an android, his very own personal Cylon, doing whatever he wanted to. <laughs> well, dumbing well, my damit- shit.
2: Adama, Adama had a couple of those. He just didn't keep them on the bridge. That's all. He,
3: <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I mean, he they were in a tie, they know.
2: were down in a fish tank somewhere. You oh. know, they, they were actually down in the in the James Doen suite where they were going to put the whales originally, but they decided, Nah, we'll put the Cylons. Yeah. Exactly. It was, exactly. The, it, yeah. That was a clear aluminum that they had.
3: Transparent aluminum. Transparent. <laughs> that's the ticket, had, laddie. Hello, computer. <laughs> Hello, Hello, computer. That was one of my
2: favorite things ever. Uh, and then, and then he's like, "How do we know that he's not the one who invented it?"
3: <laughs> beautiful. Where is the Love. whistle? <laughs> oh gosh, the nuclear whistles. Well, your nuclear whistles. <laughs> oh, it's
2: the Enterprise. Oh my god! All right, so we're not doing a table read. Table read of, of the beautiful. Voyage Home. Okay.
0: Oh my gosh! Fantastic.
2: <laughs> what is this? A Dark Ages? <laughs> Here, here's a pill that cures kidney disease. All right. Anyways, um, oh. so, so supporting cast and crew, you go with a uh, Picard, because I and and I I definitely see your point there. I mean, and you used use Williams William T Riker's full name, so I have to give respect to that. Um, do you know what was it? What was Williams? What was Riker's middle name? Is Thomas? Oh, crap.
3: I remember, because he had the twin.
0: Oh right, he had a twin Did that beamed.
3: Yes. There were two Rikers out there, and then one, yeah. of, the other one came back in DS Nine because he was for a a, a Maquis guy.
2: Wow, I yeah. don't, I'm I'm blanking on that. That's deep. both of you got that. Dang, That's Cisco deep.
3: chased him That's down deep. with Gal Dukat in uh, Cardassian space as a prelude to the Romulan Obsidian Order like attack on the Founder's home world. I think season three.
1: Damn!
2: Oh, damn, four. that's a deep cut.
3: All right, maybe four maybe. That's it.
2: You know what? To heck with it. Tim, <laughs> Tim can't be your co-host. You're just gonna take over the whole show. That's it. <laughs> you have now outstripped both of us. Oh, Congratulations. Oh
3: no, no, again. It's 29
2: just, episodes. It was a good run.
3: I just watched, <laughs> way, I just watched way too much sci-fi. <laughs> uh,
2: it's Is there such a thing as too much sci-fi?
3: I beg mm, to differ. It's close, Never. but no.
2: <laughs> Never. Oh my gosh! You went really close to the Michael Caine and Batman Begins Never. moment right there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, Tim, who you got in this one?
0: uh th- this is tough. Um, oh boy! It's, uh, like, it's
2: like we're asking. It's like Sophie's Choice here. What? What are you can
0: <laughs> okay? be all right? <laughs> with this? <laughs> Look, I didn't do the long sigh that you did. <laughs> like you're, you're 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 deciding like you know what house you're buying here or something. I know. Um, right point. <laughs> let me see. Uh, you know, it's. I was kind of going push, but maybe lean a little more Picard. I mean, I mean, Data gives him an edge. Let's let's be honest. I mean, how many episodes did yeah. Data bail him out on? Um, oh, God,
3: all of them. <laughs> <laughs> the ones Data went crazy. <laughs> he cheated.
0: He had a robot. Damn it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think supporting cast wise, I think Picard had had really just a, a, a deep, you know, just, just just a deep group around him that that you know supported him kind of helped him evolve as the series evolved you know adama he, he he has you know relationships define as i mentioned that show and and he has a lot of them there you know he he has his relationship with his son with starbuck um what develops with rosalyn rosalyn's really a, an immense counterbalance for him um and you know i'm, I'm not going to compare her in, in terms of the same role she plays in BSG as data played for Picard. But in a lot of mm-hmm. ways without her, his character goes off to and, and, and becomes Admiral Kane. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it, it's very simple. It, it would have yeah. been a very different show. So, you know, he, he was in a, in large part defined and, and steered in a lot of ways based on the people around him. And that's where I struggle with it being a push, but I do think Picard having Riker as, as his first officer, which, which, you know, I, I know we're not talking about the Picard series, but that was one of the, just the fun episodes to see, to see the two of them back mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. And, yeah. and to see them play out the way that they did, because it wasn't just fan service for fan service's sake. It was just a neat interchange between two old friends who, who served together. And, and mm. it was just such a neat episode to see him and Troy and, and Picard all together again. and, um, yeah. And 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 there's a deep family bond there with with, with that with with that crew and, and that cast. It's really neat to see how all after all these years they're still kind of just bonded, you know. And so, I I give the edge to Picard on that one. Nice.
2: I'm I'm gonna go the other direction. This uh, I'm gonna go with Adama because uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> go right ahead because. Uh, <laughs> I you know first officer wise I will admit yeah the, Will Riker is definitely a better first officer than Saul Ty just in the fact that you're you're pretty sure that Riker's sober most of the time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that, <laughs> that that gives you that gives you an edge right there. However, Ty also is more of kind of the Riker is is kind of the buddy buddy to everybody. It seems like he he's not really a hard ass and 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 Picard isn't a hard ass. And, and Ty really gives Adama the room to be that leader that he is, that we give him credit for, because he's the hard ass. He's the guy that everybody hates, because he does all the stuff that Adama probably wants to do, but he's willing to take the heat for it. So that then he can Adama can play the good cop to Ty's bad cop.
1: <laughs> Along
2: with that, I think just the, you've got Rosalind, who to me is kind of that conscience, which is kind of that Deanna Troy slash Guinan sort of thing, depending on the episode. You know, he would always go to one of them for advice, and and just right. the fact that you know Rosalind has eyebrows puts her you know above Guinan. <laughs> so r- right there, edge. I mean, just the way it is. Uh, but y- I I I don't know. The, I just feel like the, one of the things that. That Adama has that next generation is missing, of course, because of the time it's written in, is a Starbuck. And no, this isn't just more Katie Sackhoff love. I, okay? It's the character itself of that rogue kind of wild card who is willing to go way outside the box. I mean, there really g- wasn't one on the Enterprise. And and that's partly because I mean Starfleet it doesn't really like those folks because you know yeah. in, in most circumstances they're the one who's going to get people killed, right, <laughs> um, right. But in in a survive survive or die sort of mode, those are the people who might actually be crazy enough that they actually save more people, because y- if if you can utilize them in the right direction, they can they can actually lead you some very unconventional solutions to problems.
3: Useful idiots.
2: Um, Not necessarily. Th- I'd say Useful Idiot is more in the Gaius, uh, <laughs> Gaius Baltar sort of area, depending on which mode you're talking to. Huh. Uh, in, yeah. in Season 4, where we're talking, where he's now uh, Cult Leader Gaius, yes, Useful Idiot, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> or if you're dealing with Gaius and Six in any circumstance, then yes, Gaius automatically becomes an idiot because it's like, oh, pretty girl, and he just IQ drops appreciably. No! But I, I'm going to give the edge to Adama because I think that he is willing to have some of those or. And of course, this being the universe he's in, he's willing to have some of those unconventional and wild cards and flawed people around him, knowing that the the jagged edges of each of them are going to fit into a puzzle.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I can see that. Although I do want to just say real quick with with the, you know, rebels not allowed on you know the the starfleet battleships uh, in in a certain BSG irony what was the one character in in TNG that was a bit of a rebel that Picard kind of took under his wing but Miss Roe Laren played by Michelle Forbes who was Admiral mm-hmm. Kane yeah and then she know. ended up
2: shooting her first officer so how that how well that goes she she really took that instruction to heart didn't she
3: you know you know
2: what actually I'm going to go back and change my my leadership part for that <laughs> oh wait no I already had Dama <laughs> Never nice. Mind. nice,
3: nice. <laughs> well, Star Trek always had a issue with strong lead female characters as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, They're still coming out of the, the era of objectification and stuff like that. I mean, the way that they dressed Troy for the first three oh. or four oh, seasons of Star Trek, like, completely unnecessary.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. That was re- that was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, I even forgot to mention this. Dot Coddle Better than any Star Trek doctor aside yeah, from McCoy. Yeah,
3: I'd say he and McCoy are up there for like rival top. I mean, McCoy obviously always will take all, but man. Yeah. Well, well, well Coddle, actually. back in Close second. Close second. I,
2: I would put Doc Cottle a little bit above McCoy, but that's only because they wouldn't let McCoy smoke in the series. Yes. Because otherwise it would have been equal. <laughs> yeah. McCoy well, could
3: have ripped butts in Sick Bay. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10, 10 out oh, of yeah. 10. Oh,
2: yeah. He would have been smoking menthols, too, you know, just to piss people off. I mean, just. I to- know, right?
3: I just oh. watched
0: the first couple episodes of the second half of season four, and when Ty and Six are in there looking at the ultrasound of their baby, and, and Coddle gives Ty a
3: cigarette.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs>
3: oh, it's great, man. That was just,
0: uh,
2: just awesome, just awesome. And you, and you know that Coddle smokes non filters too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> those are those are sissy cigarettes if your smoke has a filter. My gosh.
3: Oh yeah, Carl doesn't <laughs> give a bleep.
2: Yeah. Nope. Oh my gosh! Yeah, nope. that, oh, the the greatest doctor ever, who's you know tells it's smoking in front of a cancer patient. Like, good lord, man!
3: Like, I know, right?
2: No self awareness. Oh, uh, it's awesome in a fictional sense. In real in real life, <laughs> you definitely don't want that guy as your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Uh, All right, so now we come to our final category, which is intangibles. Which I don't know what to say to this one. <laughs> I'm hoping you guys can help me out. I mean what do you what do you even describe as intangibles because the idea is that it's indescribable so you're saying like this is like who has the edge in terms
0: of like the x factor like something that they bring to the table that just the other doesn't bring sort of thing sure
2: that's a good way to describe it and much better than anything i had in the holster let's go with
1: it
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually unless jimmy's got something better
3: <laughs> no no i like it i like it Hit all right
2: me. there we go well, let's go with that then so tim since you spoke up who do you got in this one
0: um oh this is a rough one but um I you know I think I think comparing the two I, I would give the edge to Adama on this. I, I think Adama has to think on his feet more. I think there's a lot more adaptation that he encounters in terms of what his fleet that he's leading has to deal with and um and so I feel like he he just has the ability to he, he's reactionary but in his reaction uh, in, in in the way he he is reacting he is applying just some some gut instinct to it and uh, mm. it's not that Picard doesn't have it it just seems like it, you know again I, I don't know if it's one of these things that I just see Adama do it more and therefore I feel he has an edge but um, but I just feel like when it comes to gut reaction and just kind of dealing with stuff I think I think Adama has a bit of an edge um, mm. ov- over over Picard and you know we talked about for example like the Adama maneuver and and elements of of that I mean you know getting up in front of the crew uh, at, at the very beginning of the series and oh. and 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 pulling you know this this wild card of earth out of his rear end mm. to just kind
3: of go say hope. we all <laughs> yeah. oh, oh
2: oh I get chills just even thinking about that oh man but but the and, fact and then of course the... like and then yeah. of course oh, the, just the Adama speeches just the Adama speeches when Oh, he's yeah. like you know yeah when he when he picks up that phone and you're like oh this could be good <laughs> this could be rap. good but Uh. but but i I, yeah i I just think given
0: that he he just you know if we're kind of looking at intangibles as just what when you just strip down to just your gut reaction who who's kind of got the edge i would give it to adama
3: Mm. yeah right on jimmy who you got Mm. you know i also would have to go to adama as well um adama adama isn't fortunate enough to have limitations to him like silly things like the prime directive you know what i mean like he doesn't have he can't do it he doesn't have the the, the luxury of morals for the most part you know what i mean because he has to he has to justify the survival of the human race because this is all on his shoulders 100 percent. because he knows that the thing about earth was a lie it was a complete lie just had to keep going well th- at first th- if i could just
2: If I could just interject for one second. So I I agree to some degree that, yeah, he doesn't have the luxury of having high morals Mm -hmm. uh, of, like, this, you know, the philosophical, like, oh, yes, we must aspire to this and that and the other. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, he, it does, the series does continually butt up against that whole, like, do humans deserve to survive? Yeah. are there actions worthy of survival? And there's (coughs) several times when he's kind of backed away from things because it's, like, I got to live with this. That's too mm-hmm. wrong. We to, yeah, we have to be worthy of surviving. Um, so I just, I, I, just think there's a dis, there's a distinction to be made there. I'm not disagreeing with you completely. Just that oh, I no, think there sure. might be a little finer distinction.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mean to you know, imply that. And it does sound like I totally did. But
2: how dare you besmirch Bill Adama's name?
3: Uh-huh, I know, right? <laughs> it's just he when he has to make a real hard choice, like he has all the options out in front of him on the table, good and mm-hmm. bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he is in the category of RPGs. He is good for sure—lawful, good, neutral, good, chaotic, good. Who knows? But he's definitely good. So, but yeah, I, w- I would still give it to—I would still give it to him. I think he has that like knee-jerk reaction, battle scarred mm-hmm. knowledge about his enemy that he needs to utilize to its fullest potential in order to save everybody.
2: Right on. And, uh, and probably no secret here I, I'm gonna go with the dumb as well I, I think that even just for even just for the speeches alone you know even even the moments of you know I you know towards, where earth is yeah <laughs> and 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 just the and, oh man and just the, the behind the scenes to know that you know that scene took place and he he was he improved kind of that turning around and glaring at everyone because it was a week so say we all and kind of leading him in that. Oh, again, cheer, chills! I'm gonna have to go watch that scene specifically after we finish this episode. But just those speeches of, of being able to, but that's a, a, kind of a, an outgrowth of who he is as a leader and as a person. Mm-hmm. That he can just get people to that place of I, I'll yeah I'll do it. I will go into certain death for this person. I will follow this person to the ends of the universe. And and I think that counts for something, but also the fact that he is oh, know, man, willing wonderful. to, to oh, get down there. God. All of those things. That he's willing to work with people and all that. And then even just going back to the uh oh my gosh, I can't yeah. remember what the episode is, but when they had the, the boxing match. Oh yeah. 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 And and he and he and he's and he's telling Tyrell, get your fat ass in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he and then he like just he cold cocks him with like the the like the nastiest right in and he's I like love it. we ain't done, done yet chief. Oh my gosh. Just those things like just make him such a a, a leader that you want JL. to you want to root for him. You want to follow him. You want I mean, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. and that's no disrespect to to JL uh who obviously <laughs> again, uh, he's a guy who people are going to remember and follow and revere. And you know, he, there's there's no there's a reason why when he mm. went to Starfleet and said, "You know what? If you don't do what I say, I'm going to resign," he had a reasonable expectation mm-hmm. of them them being the ones that caved. Yeah, he was Jean Luc Picard. All cap. That's three capital letters, in, if not all caps. I mean, in some ways, you know, with, with the Picard
0: series, it seems like they're starting to scratch mm-hmm. the surface of what BSG kind Losing of dealt with head on, mm-hmm. um, because you you have Starfleet now falling under corruption falling under you, you know just just some some yeah lo- losing its way mm. is a great way to put it 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 just seems like they're starting to finally steer it in more of a realistic direction where you know not not You're every head, yeah. you know governmental body or infrastructure lasts forever because ultimately humanity and its you know and its immorality is going to you know in some ways break it down you know and mm-hmm yeah exactly and so I thought with Picard, you know season one, I thought it was interesting that that was kind of one of the foundational pieces of of the conflict was the fact that starfleet had had gotten to a place where it could be infiltrated where it could be mm. um, steered in in a bad direction by bad people and um and because of that people like uh good old jl uh, pays the price so um but but yeah well, and
2: and and also i that's why honestly i loved. And I know that some people don't have a—it's like one of those I love or hate too. things, like Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's like a real love-hate thing with that episode. I don't think there's anybody who's on the fence with that one. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it because it was like the idea of there's a, there's a traitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. There's a, there is a traitor in Star—like the, the first ever traitor in Starfleet and that's who your main character is and your oh, hero is the traitor trash. i love that yeah. and I, I i would love to continue watching it except the cbs all access app it is absolute crap <laughs> and here's todd's rant of the episode <laughs> i i have i cannot watch an episode of that because it buffers and it it fracks out and it's it is it is the worst app of any kind of streaming surface uh, service surf, uh, any kind of like streaming app i've ever dealt with it is absolute garbage shut up wesley yeah and so i i'm i I mean i good lord it stinks but anyways i i love that and i would have watched all the way up until the end of season two but my patience ran out and i don't need that sort of stress in my life (laughs) but i i think that's kind of the stepping stone of yeah towards picard of, of that flawed world now of course they still kind of give themselves a bit of a way out like oh it wasn't all humanity we were infiltrated by the romulans but it's a step it is a step towards that in that direction the same as like when mm-hmm. ron moore was was on tng and you had you started moving in this direction and you started right. seeing some more of those storylines so I'm, I'm i think that's cool yeah i really do think that's cool and i i, I agree that is like getting into that that subject matter that bsg was just like ron moore's R- like hey R- i'm gonna R-Berman. tackle this head-on because pfft, i can I don't have. I don't have. Uh, who's the Who's the right. producer after Gene Roddenberry passed away? Is it Berman? Uh, I think Rick Berman. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't have. I don't have Berman over my shoulder telling me no. You have to do it this way. So I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have like f- at least one bathroom shot in in like the first eight episodes <laughs> because I can. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a bathroom on the ship. Who knows? <laughs> you know, who Who would have thunk it? People poop in the future, or well, in the distant past, as we now know. So, all right. So, as uh, by my count, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner, Mm -hmm. which thankfully Tim uh, came up with the idea of the supporting cast crew because that did put us at an odd number of votes, so that we would not have a tie. So, thank you for that, sir. uh, Once again, proving to be the less idiotic of the two (laughs) idiots on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't math at all. If Uh, I can avoid it, so I'm paid the big bucks, baby. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in a tale of the tape. Eleven to ten, we have William Adama coming out ahead as. Wow. Who's your captain, wow. baby? All right. So say we all. All right. I, I kind of unexpected in a Not way. for the. I I, I I kind of figured Picard would win, even though my heart was with Adama. I I was like, it's just. If it's you count happen. if you count by
0: category vote alone, though, I think Picard would take it four three. But that's. Well, Oh,
2: are you keeping track over there?
0: I was uh, just kind of counting through while you were rambling about something. So,
2: <laughs>
1: are, you,
0: are you
2: questioning my authority? Am I going to have to put you out in airlock? I, I will my not authority. question your authority. <laughs> I'll, put you, I'll put you out a viper tube in a
3: heartbeat. Put him I out the airlock. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's Rosalind too. Damn. Madam airlock. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs>
2: Madam <that> airlock. <laughs> I loved it when it, I think it was like what was it like? Two thousand eight, two thousand. Yeah, it would have been <laughs> around two thousand eight when 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 the election was going on, and it was like Rosalind Airlock, two thousand eight. <laughs> like, I know, right? Oh, that's beautiful. That's oh. absolutely beautiful.
3: <laughs> Brilliant.
2: And another thing. <laughs> All right, so. Gentlemen, we have a winner. We have a captain. Uh, now I think we, uh, we just kind of need to move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tim, what do you got for your and another thing for this week? Uh, I am going
0: to uh, throw out there, a uh, if you have HBO, HBO Now, HBO Max, HBO Min, whatever it's called now. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, they, they actually have a, a number of good documentaries there. As uh, Mel Brooks would play,
2: <laughs> HBO The Streaming Act. <laughs> <laughs> HBO The Flamethrower.
0: The kids are going to
2: love it. The kids oh, are going to love
0: it. They will. They will. Uh, but, yeah, no, The, the uh, basically this week I watched with my wife a documentary called McMillions. Uh, it's about this uh, very interesting story behind the McDonald's Monopoly game and how it was completely just Dude, scammed and steamed. Fantastic show. Oh, oh, did you watch that too? Yeah, yeah we saw it. It, is, it is fantastic. Absolutely. So I would highly encourage people to check it out. It is, it is a little long it's it's long um what's kind of funny is uh and we watch these kind of in i guess reverse order because tiger king came out most recently and then mcmillians i think came out before it but Mm -hmm. um it kind of follows that kind of uh pattern i think that tiger king has where there's like kind of a cliffhanger at the end of the episode and then it goes (laughs) into the next one it's kind of weird that way but if you can do a documentary that way but uh, it just kind of unravels, you know. Just the the story just kind of gets bigger and bigger as it goes on, and it's just and you're just kind of watching like this is pretty incredible. This is a stupid game for <laughs> for a fast food company <laughs> that just kind of went out of control. But
2: and it went uh, on for years too, and
0: right? About twelve or thirteen years, I think. Yeah, oh my, I didn't Crazy. even.
2: I was gonna say six. No, Damn.
0: no. This this guy did this, and and it was a guy. Um, but th- there were others, but it it was about a twelve or thirteen year scam. So so it was just really interesting to kind of understand the story behind it and and uh and so I would just recommend that. It's just very interesting kind of see how uh and, and when when you see the last episode and understand how the guy was able to pull this off given all the security around it, it is such dumb luck.
3: Oh it is <laughs> oh, <it's> so
0: weird. <laughs> I saw that like, are you kidding me? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. That's an are you kidding me right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, yeah so it was it was just uh, it's very well done documentary so I would highly
2: recommend it uh, Jimmy you got anything for and another thing
3: mm, and another thing well I uh, just picked up for my birthday uh, the three well I didn't pick up someone got for me uh, the first three books in the expanse novel series I don't know if everybody watches the expanse on Netflix but uh, oh I no really, I have to check that out really love it really into it Think space opera. Think George R. Martin, Game of Thrones style, but in space. Really love it. Great acting. Um, They were recently brought back for season four. It looks like they're going to go on for season five. So it's on Amazon.
2: Nice. Very cool. Well, and as always, we want to definitely pimp out the things that that Jimmy is involved in. So first of all, y'all need to go and subscribe to Scruffy Looking Podcasters right now. It is a great podcast. It's a great listen. Even if you don't like Star Wars, just go ahead and listen to a couple episodes, and you know what? You're going to love Star Wars. Damn
0: oh, it's it. funny. It's funny. <laughs> I, will, I will vouch for it. It is funny. Wow, <laughs> they will make you.
3: They will make you love it. You, are, you guys right. are too kind. Thank you. <laughs> and,
2: and the uh, the other thing, I don't know if you want to if you want to mention this or not. So, but you uh, are you are part of a band, sir. Now we were we were part of a band
3: together. <laughs> we for, were for we were back in the day quite
2: a long time, and Ooh, uh, it was yeah. it was amazing and awesome. And uh, actually, we both use music from that band for the intro for our podcast. Yep. Hell yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> we do. <laughs> We know we won't get
3: sued. And <laughs> exactly. Hey, what better? Way, hey man, what I think about this way. What better way to keep it alive?
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so uh, the the band that you are part of now on a consistent base is mm-hmm. called the Fog Cutters, mm-hmm. and it is how many how many folks in that band?
3: Yeah, twenty piece, full nineteen piece big band.
2: Wow, yeah. nice. Oh, and and a killer band, killer players uh-huh. in Thanks, this band. Dude.
3: It is, oh my it is gosh. a lot of fun. We just released a new video. It's uh, We recorded uh, uh, Brian Graham, uh, one of the co-founders of the band, wrote just a real brief little tune and recorded himself playing every single part Then just kind of emailed it to everybody. It's like, all right, everyone, take your phone, set it, set it vertical, play the track I'm playing in your ear. It's just a simple rhythm on loop. Um, so it was pretty. you don't have to write it down or anything like that. You just kind of take it to memory. And he talks to you in your ear while you're playing along with it and then we recorded ourselves sent it to him and they were uh him and one of the guys from sister spare on the dirty birds uh josh myers their bass player mixed it all together and so nice. we have this music video of all of us playing this new tune. It's called new Monin, berry feature which is pretty cool features uh ryan Zortis from lettuce which is super dope
2: yeah, which lettuce was my in another thing last week, mm-hmm. or was it last? No, was it was the week before. A week before that. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, I think it
0: was two weeks ago. Which I gave a it, listen and holy mackerel, was that incredible? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Their
3: between stuff is so
2: dope. Between lettuce and and rustic overtones, Ryan Zoidis has got a lot of love on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, oh my gosh, and it's such a killer tune. Oh,
3: damn. Yeah,
2: you get you got to tell me if 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 uh, if Brian Graham ever like you know. It has a, like a, a lip implosion or something. Um I can dig the berry out of the closet <laughs> real quick. <laughs> heard, heard, heard and I, I work cheap. Real cheap. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you gotta go check that out. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh and my my and another thing for this week, uh I had I had some serious insomnia the other night and oh my gosh. I it was one of those nights when you I you you lay in bed and you kinda reach that point where you're like I am now so mad. I couldn't fall asleep if I wanted to because I want to sleep, but I can't. Mm. And now I've shot way past, like, I'm tired and I want to sleep to now I'm just pissed off that I can't sleep. Right. So I got up, went out, and, uh, and I was like, all right, what am I going to do? And I, so I started searching Netflix, which is always rough <laughs> because, man, there's some <laughs> stuff on Netflix that just shouldn't be viewed by human eyes. It's horrible. <laughs> oh. uh, so just I, I trash. Dug in, yeah i dug into the documentary section and i actually came across a documentary that i had been meaning to watch and i'd forgotten about and i was lucky enough to find it at like 1 a.m so i i watched the whole thing and it is zz top that little old band from texas which zz top has a has a special place in my heart because that was my first real concert that i went to Um, i went to it was actually at the cumberland county civic center i grew up in new hampshire but nice. that was the closest place uh, that wasn't Boston to go see an actual real concert. And so that was the first show that I ever went to that was like a real big boy kind of concert. It was the Black Crows opening for ZZ Top. <laughs> oh, and wow. I, did not, I did not appreciate how absolutely effing cool this was at the time. But now I look back and I'm like, that was one hell of a concert. That was uh, during ZZ Top's Recycler tour. And they had like a full stage setup and all that. Anyways, ZZ Top, three-piece band from Texas, uh, very blues-influenced rock band, and actually holds the record for the longest consistent lineup of any rock band. They've been the same three guys playing together for 50 years-ish at this point. I don't know the exact math. Wow. But good Lord, they're one of those bands that you don't understand how good they are until you try and play one of their songs. And you're like, oh, well, it's just a blues shuffle. And then you play it like, oh, no, that's really hard to play that tight. (laughs) But they are fantastic. Just a lot of fun. Uh, They actually had a a, a, a song that came out a couple of years ago that was produced by, I think it was produced by Rick Rubin. Um, And it was just totally different than what they'd done before, but also very much in line with what they'd done before, which is, I know it's contradictory, but eh, it's the end of the show. I'm going to allow myself a contradiction. But you should watch this uh, Watch this movie. It kind of explains really kind of how the band came together, what they're all about, what they've done, and it's interspersed with them playing some of those songs uh, kind of, well, quote-unquote, live in this kind of Grange Hall in uh, Texas. And so it, it, it kind of gives you a feel for what they're like live because it really is. It's just the three guys set up in a circle in this in this hall playing these songs and you're like oh my gosh this is really good and you realize oh it's just the three of them playing there's no tracks or anything like that there's just these three dudes just playing and it's really it's a lot of fun and they're and they're just really cool guys anyways so that's my and another sure. thing for this week nice so we appreciate y'all nice. tuning in and letting us uh, just completely geek for however long this ends up being edited and uh, if you have a problem with that, go ahead and send that uh, feedback to Tim at you
1: <laughs>
2: Thank you. That is, thank you. <laughs> that is also our grievance department. Just feel free to send all of your nasty comments and, and other things to him. Uh, feel free to share this with your friends, with your family, with relatives, uh, co-workers, uh, even people that you don't like. Feel free to share it with enemies. We do not care. We have next to no standards whatsoever. I mean, we're on this show, so <laughs> that's a great example. Uh, so, thank y'all for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to subscribe to uh, to Jimmy's podcast, and also check out "New Monin by the Fog Cutters because it's a badass tune. Mm-hmm. And. This is the point, uh, actually, you know what, before we get to uh, uh, Tim's part of the show, uh, Jimmy, you got any final words that you'd like to share with folks? Uh, anything that you'd like to impart? Some bits
3: of knowledge or anything like that? No, oh, no, you kind of covered it all, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure being here. As always, a Thrice time uh, legendary guest member for Thrice. Thrice for
2: Jimmy Dice.
3: <laughs> yeah, thrice for Jimmy Dice when it comes Um, to
2: four times we're going to be in real trouble oh yeah i'm beyond my rhymes at this point anyways um
3: (laughs) (laughs) easy now oh yes it's it's been great now stay cool and just kind of stay weird stay scruffy and stay home out there
2: Mm -hmm. well now this is the portion of the show that i this is the ankle leg portion of the show this is when i've run out of steam i got nothing left i'm about ready to fall down. I hand off the baton and I let it run to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show. Uh Tim, would you please sir be so good as to take us home? Absolutely. So uh
0: you know while while the results bear what they bear, I I I'll just throw one one last one in for Picard cuz I I kind of give him the nod, but anyways, um <laughs> but it, there it- are
1: four <laughs> lights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right there are four lights um but no it it you know it's 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 always fun to, to to talk sci-fi and and to talk across you know series like this and and you know as we talked in the beginning ronald moore has has provided us a a wealth of of entertainment a wealth of of, of good sci-fi mm. content to 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 ingest and and process and digest and talk and go all over again um but you know o- overall it's it's uh you know these these two shows. Check them out if you haven't, because and if you haven't, you've probably been living under a rock for a while. But please I was say what
2: what planet are you living on?
0: Well, there's there's probably someone out there.
2: The but, backwaters of Tower of Tauron, I guess.
0: Absolutely, but 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 again, uh, you, you know, th- thanks again to Jimmy Dice for joining us. It's always a pleasure, always fun, and uh, thanks, man. and uh, you, you know, it's as always. Be safe, uh, be healthy, and and before I get to the last part, always remember Temba. His arms wide open. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Please hit the lights on the way out. I got the wrong week. Quick drink.
1: I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> you're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back. Until you received yourself. So say we all. So say we all.
0: I mean, that really got out of hand fast. There are four
2: lights. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> I don't know why I went German on that. That was kind of awkward. There are four lights. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Nine. No, four. Four. Nine. <laughs> no, four. Four.
0: Oh, boy.